1: It's the SNL Hall of Fame podcast With your host, Jamie Dew Chief Librarian, Thomas Senna And featuring Matt Ardill And now, Curator of the Hall jamie do
2: thank you so much doug denantz it's always great to be introduced by you here in the snl hall of fame before i go too much further please wipe your feet before entering the hall we run a respectable shop around here and we don't need any of your filth on our floors so there's that the snl hall of fame podcast is a weekly affair Each week, we take a deep dive into the career of a former cast member, host, musical guest, or writer, and add them to the ballot for your consideration. Once the nominees have been announced, we turn to you, the listener, to vote for the most deserving and help determine who will be enshrined for perpetuity in the hall. Well, guess what, folks? We are mere days away from voting opening. January 10th. Things will kick off. We will open the balloting. If you haven't already registered to vote, what the heck are you waiting for? You need to get on that. You can do that by going to snlhof.com and clicking on the voting tab. From there, there is a link to register to vote. When voting opens, you will receive an email containing your ballot, which you can use to select up to 15 participants on the 31 names that you see on your ballot. So there's that. This week, we have an exciting episode. We are rejoined by our friend Kirsten Turnbull, and she has a great conversation with Thomas about Paul Rudd in in the host category. Now, Paul has recently wrapped up his five-timer acceptance, making him an enticing pick. Somebody that is this new off the block of doing five times, somebody that has the friend of SNL tag attached to them, and someone who is fiercely funny and fiercely brave, on the stage in 8-H, and I think that he's going to get a number of votes. I'm not sure whether or not we'll see him put into the Hall of Fame this season, but that's up to you to decide. Before we go too much further, why don't we turn it over to our friend Matt Ardill in his Matt's Minutia Minute and get the skinny on this fella. What do you say? How you doing today, Matt? I
3: am good, and yourself, Jamie? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, today we are going to be talking about the Elfin Paul Rudd, the man who (laughs) never ages. I'm sure he has a painting somewhere that is hidden in an attic that is showing horrible signs as he remains young. Yeah, He is 5'10", born April 6th, 1969. Uh, His first time hosting SNL was November 15th, 2008. That's season 34. It's with Fred Armisen, Will Forte, Bill Hader, Daryl Hammond. His five-timer appearance was December 18th, 2021 season 47 so and that's also his most recent appearance so he's done five uh, actual episodes with six cameos again another prolific performer 129 actor credits seven producer credits four writer credit he is a former bat mitzvah and bar mitzvah dj uh, in the 90s. Video does exist with him rocking a very 90s center part <laughs> bowl cut, yellow tuxedo jacket uh, and shirt, as well as cargo shorts in pure high 90s fashion. His nice. acting debut debut is actually a 1991 Super Nintendo commercial. Again, peak 90s. His first film was Clueless and followed by Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. Now, he is un- an uncredited pr- uh, uncredited performer on Yat Dat Da Song on from Bob's Burgers. Rudd uh, had a tragedy, uh, his his father passed away from cancer immediately before his first time hosting SNL. Rudd and his father loved SNL. So if you watch his first appearance, he actually paid tribute to his dad by wearing his father's navy shirt and at the end of the credits, he's holding it out and blows a kiss to the sky. Oh to man. Dis- Bank his dad, and he's just one of those guys who commits to the most bonkers of concepts. I mean, you know, Wet Hot American Summer was the movie he said he found his comedic voice in. You've got that long-running prank that he would play on Conan O'Brien, where he'd play <laughs> a, a a trailer from from that horrible like, uh, horrible movie every time he showed up. And he's it kind, this didn't surprise me. He's actually high school friends with John Hamm. Oh wow! So they have been friends for years and that they both kind of share that similar sense of humor makes a lot of sense to me they're both willing to go that extra mile you know Rudd is actually a huge Steve Martin fan He was discussing his favorite n- uh, names made up by Steve Martin and in specific Gern um, Blanston the person at a party mentioned Judd Aptow had an email address that was based on that name which led Paul to email Judd and start their partnership. And later, when Judd recounted this story on a interview, Steve sent him a signed copy of his memoir, Born Standing Up, signed by Gurn. As Paul said, <laughs> it, it's one of the greatest things he's ever got in his entire life. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, he's a he's a lover of comedy. He's a lover of uh, of of classic SNL. So yeah good strong case for 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 him to be in the, the hall of fame
2: well let's uh, get right to that then this is kirsten turnbull in conversation with our co-host thomas senna thomas take it away
4: So, Paul Rudd, he first hosted the show in 2008, but he had done a lot before that, before his first hosting gig. Uh, how well acquainted were you, Kirsten, with Paul Rudd before he hosted SNL?
0: Well, Clueless clearly is where I first was introduced to the wonder of Paul Rudd. And then, you know, he did a short one stint on Friends, short-ish. But I remember when Ron Burgundy, when Anchorman came out in 2004, it was like, where has he been this entire time? He is so funny and so (laughs) hilarious. And then when I went back and I looked at the dates, I thought, okay, Anchorman 2004, 40-Year-Old Virgin 2005, Knocked Up 2007, Role Models 2008. So he was out there producing amazing content and in my opinion, almost being reintroduced to us because we knew him as the clueless guy and a little bit as the friends guy, yeah, who knew we were sitting on such comedic gold. And then finally, SNL said, "Yeah, let's let's get him on the show. He's perfect for this because he'll put on any costume, he'll try anything we we want him to with a sense of humor, and then and there we go. And yeah, he's now in the Five Timers Club.
4: Yeah, and you brought something up that like he's one of those people who." really annoys me in 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 like a good way that's like a compliment because he's like this charismatic mm-hmm. actor good-looking guy he's almost like john ham and justin timberlake and that he has all of those qualities and then you find out he's funny too
0: exactly like, what and now like, he's you the had sexiest had man funny. alive come on
4: at what age he, he just got named sexiest man alive and he's and ageless he's, let's talk about
0: the fact that he's ageless that's true
4: yeah, yeah. Yeah. He looks the same now as like when he was in Clueless wearing that yes. flannel in Clueless. And yeah, so I have so much respect and also a little part of me has so much disdain <laughs> for <laughs> Paul Rudd because he's just so talented. Definitely. Yeah. And so do you think 2008, like maybe he was overdue to host SNL?
0: I think so. I think out of Anchorman, most people realize there was something to it. Judd Apatow also, he just has an eye for really plucking creative genius out of the crowd. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but he, he got on the show and and it was Beyonce and it was the time when, you know, Timberlake was around all the time and uh, Andy was, you know, at the top of his game. So he fit right in with, with that crew and kind of the hijinks that they would get up to on that show. I think of... The Vogel checks. That's what introduced us to the Vogel check mm-hmm. family. It introduced us to the scared straight sketches. With was that
4: the first or one of the first scared straight? I think straight
0: it was one of the yeah, first. Yeah, I think you're right. It was Jason Sudeikis who sat on the desk and I think like something fell over. So they were cracking up already. Then Keenan came in on <laughs> fire. Yes. And I remember Keenan was like, you know, trying to scare them straight with some pretty raunchy prison talk. And I, so I do think that was the first one because they've kind of iterated on it since then. But at first, it was just, you know, you're going to be in the showers and things are going to happen. But they were cracking up. They did break in that one. There was also in that first one, Andy and Paul, where they were the digital short where they were painting each other.
4: Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. That, that was one of those. And I bet, and I bet you love that. I bet a lot of, (laughs) I bet a lot of our uh, listeners love that sketch I I actually really enjoy that sketch it's so absurd and so funny and it just showed that Paul Rudd had such a such like chemistry with a lot of the cast right away Um, you know his chemistry with Andy was evident in, in, in that sketch everyone's a critic I believe that's what they called it hey Paul hey what's up dude nothing What you
5: doing? Oh, just highlighting my lines. Cool.
4: What? All right, well, this is gonna sound kind of weird, but may I paint you? I like that. Cool. They painted each other and decided they wanted to sell uh, yeah. those paintings. They painted each other nude or half yes. nude, I guess, in Andy's case. But they painted each other in various forms of, of undress uh, and decided one wanted to sell those paintings. Showed
0: and up at the auction in tuxedos.
4: Showed up at the auction in tuxedos and I guess the paintings didn't go over very well. And
0: Not at all. There yeah. were some exploding heads and yeah. eyes.
4: And I think probably that episode, for the reasons that you gave, a lot of people were probably looking forward to it. Like there was just so much anticipation that mm-hmm. Paul Rudd was finally gonna host, and he comes out just willing to do anything. You had mentioned the uh, the Vogelcheck sketches, and uh, you know when you saw those sketches, like what was your reaction?
0: I feel like I felt like their are did, just trying to be open minded and polite, but staring <laughs> in awe at the kind of way that this family interacted with each other. So, Austin, what is this? I hear that you have a girlfriend up there.
5: Oh, Mom, she's not my girlfriend. We're just hanging out. Oh, yeah, we're just hanging out. My little heartbreaker. I'm breaking a whole bunch of hearts. Oh, Mr. Casanova. I can't believe you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but
0: listen, if you ever want to bring her home sometime, you just feel free to do that, okay? She's welcome here. <laughs> just, it was silly, but you could tell they were also having so much fun.
4: Yeah, definitely. Which, by the way, a sketch that probably couldn't happen right now, probably just because of uh, sanitary reasons. Oh, right, I don't know that they, <laughs> I don't know that they would do that. And usually sketches like that that are kind of shock value don't hit me the right way. But this one was, I don't know, for some reason it was just so impressive to me that Paul was just willing to come in and do something like that and work well with like Andy was in that sketch again. Mm-hmm bill Hader was in that sketch brother Um, yep yep so he worked really well with with all of them um there was another one from that first episode which i'll say like november 15th 2008 was when he first hosted um where he and bill Hader were parking lot workers and they were talking about like i think gay marriage or something and, and then you know they were kind of tipping dipping their toes in the water like oh you know if uh, I wouldn't do that, but then they started talking about That'd how be they're so like funny. That'd be so funny. Wouldn't it be funny if we yeah. married each other and did X, Y, and Z? And yeah. So his chemistry with Bill Hader, uh, too, in that first episode was so evident.
0: Yes, and that was the Beyonce video shoot where Paul Rudd was the director. Mm-hmm. Dance biscuits. What's the beef, BK? Talking to Beyonce. Yes. Um, he does it all with a straight face. He definitely seems like someone who in this pitch room is saying yes to a lot, which makes it enjoyable for the writers and the cast and the crew to, mm-hmm. you know, go to work every day because you're not as nervous. I'm sure about – we've heard, you know, someone like uh, Mick Jagger, no, not mm-hmm. funny. <laughs> yeah,
4: exactly. Or like Steven <laughs> or, Seagal or Justin Bieber. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And Paul Rudd's like, All right, what sure, where's the costume? Cool, I'll put it on. Cause that was that sketch also went was quite popular where we had Andy and Justin in the tights and um Bobby Moynihan and they were dancing with the heels and the tights on. Because that was the popular video, right? The Beyonce dance moves.
4: Exactly. Yep.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So you're talking about Beyonce and, and and we're gonna take that opportunity to play to play a little game. Okay, yeah. all right, It's yes. two truths and a lie.
0: Kay. I
4: know I know you know what Two Truths and a Lie yep. is. So uh, we're gonna be talking musical guests for Paul Rudd's episodes, and I, I think you're I think you've probably done your homework on okay. this, so it might be a softball, so um, but the listeners can play along as well and see if they get this correct. So which of these was not a musical guest for Paul Rudd's episodes? So we have Paul McCartney. DJ Khaled or Taylor Swift, who wasn't a musical guest on a Paul Red episode?
0: Paul McCartney was, because it was a brilliant way for him to open the show when he th- made fun of the fact that he thought all of the adoring fans shouting Paul outside the studio were for him, but they were for Paul McCartney. So I know that it Paul McCartney was on there.
4: Very good. And you're using, you get extra credit because you're, you not only did you get it right, but you're using examples. You're citing.
0: There you your, go. Your work there. And DJ Khaled, he, he was there. He made a joke about DJ Khaled having 200 friends backstage.
4: Yeah. So that's right. Taylor
0: Swift is the lie.
4: Yeah. Taylor Swift is the lie. And I asked that because I wanted to use that as a jumping off point to point out that when Paul read hosts, like he's, he's, Double build with these huge acts. Mm-hmm. You said Beyonce was was the musical guest in his first episode. Paul McCartney was the musical guest in this. I mean, it doesn't get more famous than One Beyonce Direction. and Paul McCartney. One Direction, um, which I knew you would have gone for sure because he has a very famous sketch with One Direction. But when Paul Rudd would host, and you know he had those famous musical guests, I don't think he got outshined name wise and anticipation wise. I really think people would look forward to Paul Rudd and the musical guest. It wasn't just, well, I'll tune in just to see Beyonce or just to see Paul McCartney like, ooh, Paul Rudd's hosting. Like that's a you know, a hell of a double bill right there. So I think that speaks to how Paul Rudd wouldn't get swallowed up by such big names um, as his musical guests. So
0: I agree. I can imagine yeah. Lauren thinking, I gotta stack the deck. I want a home run show. I'm getting Paul Rudd. And a Beyonce or a Paul McCartney or a One Direction. And interestingly, Paul Rudd, four of those five shows were Christmas shows.
4: You're right. Wow. Four
0: of the five times that he's hosted. (laughs) So it's like Lauren was saying, you know what? It's the holidays. I'm going to serve you up a wonderful gift in the form of Paul Rudd and this musical superstar.
4: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even, I guess I didn't even realize that. You're right. In 20, yeah. 2010 2013 and of course the the kind of infamous one in 2021 that i'm sure we'll get to um is there anything else like where do we want to go from here as far as far as paul Rudd?
0: let's talk about one direction fan since you mentioned that Mm -hmm. because that is a brilliant brilliant sketch anyone listening if you haven't seen it please go watch that paul rudd is Spotted among the screaming hordes of preteen and teen kids uh, outside the One Direction show, and he then begins quizzing them to compete on One Direction knowledge.
5: On the count of three, what was the name of Louis' first dog?
0: Ted. Does it count? I'm gonna
1: marry Zane.
5: Um, You know what? I absolutely hate to tell you this, but you're not, because I know what Zane's into, and it's definitely not you. No, I have a wife and kids. Don't talk to me like that. I'm an adult.
0: He is pushing them out of the way to make his way to the front of the line. He is seeing braiding hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the funniest part of that is when he gets a phone call and he's quite dismissive of the call. And when he hangs up, he says, Oh, my wife just had our baby.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and he was going to name it.
0: Oh, he was uh, going to uh, name it after a member,
4: Yeah, after a member of One Direction.
0: Yeah, and then he says, wait, is he playful? Oh, let's name him Nile. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
4: I think that's God. one that that a lot of people, myself included, uh, kind of went to first. And that, that to me, that was really, that was in his third hosting gig. So that was in December 7th, 2013. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the first sketches that he, he kind of carried more so because he had always been a real team player before that he worked well with like Bill Hader, especially and Andy Samberg. But that one direction sketch was Paul just carrying the whole thing. Yeah. And, 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 and that definitely showed me a lot. He, you know, he was, he was definitely comfortable enough to say like, you know, there's doesn't need to be another cast member in this. And I don't know if there was another cast member in that sketch, maybe briefly, but that was Red. Paul Rudd.
0: Yeah, that was all him. That's That third time he hosted, that December 7th, 2013, so he would have just done This Is 40 and Anchorman 2. Mm. That one was stacked with great sketches. He had mm. Victor, who is the ex-lover of Cecily Strong. He appears in her memory. He's the employee at Papa John's who she hooked up with and, and won't right. go away in her memory.
4: That's right. He,
0: it was Michelangelo unveils David. Santa's workshop. Remember, he showed up with the elves, but he was Slim Santa
4: and he oh. like ditched
0: Mrs. Claus.
4: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then another great one from that episode was Brasky's Buddies. Oh, yeah. Brasky, when they were the photocopier and toner salespeople. So it was like Wool Farrell, Taryn Killam, Kalam. Keenan and Keckner.
5: Hey, uh, excuse me, did I hear someone say they sell coffeers? I sell Toner. Then I want to have a drink with you. <laughs> hey, do any of you know a salesman by the name of Bill
0: Brasky? <laughs> I know
5: Bill Brasky, best damn salesman in the
0: business. And they all had their big chocolate teeth on and their oversized steins of beer. And they were talking about Brasky. Yeah, that which is a famous. I mean, one. those Bill
4: Brasky sketches go back to the to the late '90s. Mm-hmm. I believe we saw like John Goodman and Will Ferrell was one of the original, and David Koechner. They mm-hmm. were the original Bill Brasky guys, and Paul Rudd just totally fit in and he understood I could tell you know he's probably a fan of those sketches yeah he understood the cadence and the jokes and that was really as somebody who really loved those Bill Brasky sketches I Paul Paul Rudd did did it justice
5: yeah completely
4: yeah I'm so happy you brought that up yeah yeah and one of my favorite yeah one of my favorite sketches probably maybe my favorite thing that Paul Paul Rudd was in was um Divorce they were uh, he and Vanessa bear were in this sketch where they were playing a couple that was divorcing They were sitting in a cafe kind of hashing out the details of their divorce Nassim Pudrad and Kenan Thompson were the lawyers.
0: Oh, trust me Hank was moving on long before I even knew our marriage was over.
4: Oh, excuse me I'm not the one who
5: had my new boy toy drop me off to a divorce meeting
0: <sighs> He's not a toy He makes toy and Duncan and I started dating after we separated. I don't think you can say the same about you and that witch
5: she's not a witch she's a secular wiccan what the hell what the hell does that mean she was raised wiccan so she still identifies with the culture but spiritually she's more of an agnostic
4: and you know they'd be talking and then all of a sudden fleetwood max i don't want to know would just start playing and vanessa bear and paul would just do these like ridiculous dances and they, they they're just how they put the, the, the interplay between the two of them they would look at each other and kind of like it's almost like a bonding moment to where even keenan is the lawyer asked him like are you sure you want to get a divorce it seems like and they're like no no it's just whenever the song song comes on it has it has this effect on us but what a physical comedian mm-hmm. paul paul red is i mean is that is that one of his things as a comedian like like correct me if i'm wrong does he dance a lot in movies he does and, mm-hmm.
0: he does and it's so that, it's not amazing dancing but it's also not completely embarrassing like he's but he just does it that's the thing he does it unabashedly he will just yeah. dance his butt off and you're right he does it all the time
4: yeah that's one of my favorite and and the fact that it's not great dancing i think is what makes it endearing mm-hmm. it's just goofy and you could tell he's just having a lot of fun and um and if for listeners um that that's not on streaming services because it uses a pop song uh, but if you just google snl or paul rudd divorce snl or something like that you can use those Key terms and that'll pop up, but I highly, highly recommend that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that was all like uh, uh, the One Direction number one fan, that divorce sketch, Bill Brasky. What else did you name from just that episode? Michelangelo
0: and Vils Michelangelo, and Michelangelo. Santa's, workshop. Santa. Santa's Workshop,
4: Slim Santa. That was all in, in, in the same episode, yep. and, and you know I the talk about recent classic episodes. I mean, that's one that has to be mentioned. And a lot of it was on the strength of of Paul Rudd's performance. You know, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't just the writing showcased Paul. It was Paul's performances. You know, I guess I didn't ask you, like, what, what do you look for in, in a quality SNL host and a, maybe a Hall of Fame level SNL host? And how does Paul fit that?
0: I think he is the consummate team player. Always ready to join in no matter how small or large the role i think he's gung-ho open-minded will try anything will say yes and with no judgment i think it's really important that he has done cameos for some heavy hitters Mm -hmm. the people that have called on him for cameos will ferrell zach galifianakis Jason Siegel, Andy Samberg, John Mulaney, like he has appeared on their episodes in a cameo, which says a lot about, I think, him as a person, his likability, his status at SNL. He could have been a cast member, I would think, in another world. I think those are all qualities that make for a fantastic host. You show up. You're ready to roll up your sleeves. You've got a really great attitude about anything and everything you might hear or be asked to participate in or perform. And you're really well-liked. Yeah. I mean, Paul Red's kind of perfect. We've established that. So We,
4: we have established, I yeah. would believe. As much as I wanted to fight it back in the day, I think he is like maybe the perfect person.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> when, when, I've, when I've thought about hosts, I always find it interesting that they even call them hosts because it almost seems like the good hosts are the ones that are willing to maybe not lead the show like a host of something mm. would but they're they're willing to get whisked away by the show like they they yeah. they they give themselves over to what the show is and i think i think definitely that you know to me that that's part of what makes a good host for sure
0: i agree that's a great articulation of it i th- I would put, you know, Timberlake in that category and like John Ham's like people that just dive in. Yeah. And then there are some that are, you know, J Lo's probably in that. Some of the athletes are in it where there's there's a distinction and you see them in a sketch versus just seeing a sketch full of great folks. Right.
4: You could tell they're maybe a little hesitant, they're at kind mm-hmm. of like the edge of the edge of the pool and they're like, I don't know if I should, but Paul Redd's just like bikini briefs let's dive in and (laughs) (laughs)
0: let's dive in and
4: do this snl (laughs)
0: yeah absolutely
4: yeah so the so the next time he hosted his fourth stint was uh in may of 2019 Um, we mentioned musical guest dj khaled um was the musical guest and you probably have this on your list but i wanted to ask you about one sketch in particular um was the colleen rafferty time travel sketch with Kate McKinnon like what are your what are your thoughts on that overall and just how Paul kind of played into it
0: yes because she was climbing all over him yeah and I think that validates everything we were just saying in that Kate McKinnon felt like A he could handle that but B he could handle that right like she could climb all over him like that and get in his face and he would make the right choices to play along there was a lot of trust there that I think wouldn't work with, you know, like a, a Peyton Manning or, you know, think of another athlete that's been on that show. I don't know that that would have, have, have happened as nicely. So, yes, he was fantastic on that. And that that was a great sketch. He also on that one showed up in a fantastic digital short.
4: And that was the, was that the Game of Thrones one?
0: That was, yeah, Grace and Frankie. The
4: great Oh, yeah, it was Game of, it started off as like a yes. Game of Thrones rap. Yeah. So what was that? that would describe that one.
0: That one was uh, that was Pete, and he was rapping about Game of Thrones, but in a way that he clearly had not watched it knew nothing about it, and he was called to task. He then was encouraged to just sing or rap about what he actually liked, and so he started rapping about Grace and Frankie. <laughs> and he then had uh, yeah Paul Rudd show up out of nowhere, uh, and and he also liked the show, and. At the end we had Grace and Frank you make a small cameo wearing their faces yeah. on t-shirts. So
4: Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That kind of rem- that kind of made me uh think just now that part of being I think a really great host is 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 working well with different maybe eras of cast members too. So mm-hmm. we had talked earlier about um how he worked well with Bill Hader and Andy Samberg especially in the early years. Um seemed to have some rapport with Vanessa Baer two. And we see him here, you know, we mentioned his rapport with Kate McKinnon and also Pete. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of like working well with two different eras of like people who would do digital shorts or, you know, pre-tape raps or whatever with Andy Samberg and Pete Davidson. And Paul just fit in with both of them. I find that, I find that pretty fascinating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And again, just so gung-ho people know he he, may, I think he creates a really safe space for pitches and ideas. And and that generates trust. Uh, but it also generates ultimately some great material. Because yeah. even if that pitch isn't great the first time, he is open-minded enough to, to get it to a place where his positive attitude may make something better of it or improve it or enhance it or just give it that extra push that it needs that it may actually be something funny.
4: Yeah, definitely. I could see... Um, maybe a writer, a cast member who wrote a funny sketch that even weeks before Paul's on the show, saving it mm-hmm. because they know that Paul Red's going to be hosting and they're like, oh, well, I won't try it yeah. know, this week. I know Paul's going to be here in a couple of weeks. I'm going to save it for him. Right. I could see him being that type of host where material actually gets saved for him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, in that episode, he also did the Ouija, ba- Ouija board dad sleepover. <laughs> all the all the girls are are having their slumber party, and he comes in as kind of lame dad. Which, again, a lot of versatility, very yeah. versatile.
4: Yeah, yeah, he plays a good lame dad, and there's a nice showcase for Melissa via and and a mm-hmm. good um, a good example of Paul just just you know he he didn't have to dominate all the time right. as a host. Like he played that was just a great role for him. That's the, yeah, that's a great example. Yeah. So I'm anything gonna, else? Yeah, go ahead. No, I was
0: gonna say sadly that last show of his.
4: Yeah, let's get let's, let's dive into that one.
0: So Crazy Times. Really well handled. Really well handled, I think. It was clearly a very unique situation. The empty studio due to COVID. Mm-hmm. There had been a few pre tapes done, but Almost the entire cast and most of the crew had been sent home. It was just Keenan, Michael Che, and then they had Tina, Tina Fey show up and Tom Hanks show up mm-hmm. and, and Paul. And they sat, just three of them in the audience at times, and they would do Weekend Update live. They showed the pre-tapes and then they played some of their kind of older, more f- famous material from the holidays.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It was really touching. It felt very human and very real and very authentic to see how the pandemic was affecting everyone, but how people were improvising and pivoting and and making, making do.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was, uh, I felt so many emotions that night. It was bizarre. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a very bizarre night. It was, it was, I felt a little uneasy, but you're right. I also felt, I also felt touched. Mm -hmm. um, just by what they were able to do under those circumstances. And I felt that the show was in capable hands with Paul Rudd. I mean, going in, I didn't, we, none of us knew what the show was going to look like. Um, but I think we knew that Paul was still going to be there in some capacity. So I felt this trust in Paul Rudd being the host for that particular show that if they had to, if they had to call an audible on what they were going to do, that Paul Rudd was going to just roll with it. Like they were going to be in capable hands. Like I didn't know Tom Hanks was going to be there and Tina Fey and Mm -hmm. all that, but I, but just knowing Paul Rudd was the host that week, uh, made me feel like it was in capable hands. I don't know about you.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And they did get a couple good pre-tapes in. they had the kind of Pete Davidson of the future, uh, black and white lounge singer. And then they had, Paul Rudd was his, you know, kind of forgotten out in the snow rider. But I really liked the Christmas socks one with Kyle Mooney. <sighs>
4: yeah. And Bizarre. The boy, yeah, DJ that was. Rocks.
0: Weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> so DJ weird. So weird.
4: Yeah.
1: It's been a real tough year. See, we got a bird. And it looks as if the bird
5: has flown away. The boy was low on care. So I helped him out, but then I had to ask about this bird. Tell me about the bird, did it say any words, or was it just one of those quiet birds?
4: Yeah, that was one of those uh, kind of classic weird Kyle Mooney <laughs> things that he got on the show.
0: Yeah, I am really curious because that was his fifth time. And we didn't truly get to celebrate in a way that I think was worthy of it. The, you know, the jacket, the robe. And so I wonder if next time he hosts, he gets a little more of a more fanfare around his uh, joining the five timers club because that kind of was affected by what happened.
4: Yeah, definitely. I think I think we all as fans um, hope that for sure. Well, if you had to put a percentage on it, what percentage chance do you think there is of him hosting a sixth time?
0: Oh, 100%.
4: Yeah, I was going to say like 98.
0: <laughs> yeah, 100%. I just don't know if it'd be this year, but he will. He's He's a ringer. He is just a guaranteed good show. And I'm sure that's hard to say for a lot of people. You know, you know, like a Tina Fey is, a Will Ferrell is like there's there are certain people, but those are former cast members. When it comes to outside hosts, you know, that that list isn't it is not that large. And I, he's someone that I think guaranteed will level up the episode for everyone, both the audience and the the team that puts the show on.
4: Yeah, definitely, and I th- I have a feeling Paul Paul really wants to host again. So he I don't yeah. I don't think I don't think he's gonna say no, <laughs> no. Uh, if, if they ask him again. Yeah, are, are there any other moments or sketches that stand out before you make your uh, your final uh, case for Paul Redd in the SNL Hall of Fame?
0: Oh, I really have covered so many. Yeah. Uh, listen, he's a he's perfect. We know that mm-hmm. he's the sexiest man alive. Sure, he's ageless. Yep. But he really does bring all the qualities of a fantastic, reliable, committed, here for fun, here for a good time, but will never let you down type host. And when someone is, is that trusted with such a big undertaking, they have to be in the Hall of Fame. That's a short list of folks that you could confidently say that about. And again, not just the audience, but I'm sure the whole team behind Who Puts That Show on, everyone's probably really excited when Paul Rudd's coming to town.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kirsten, for joining me to talk about Perfect Paul Rudd.
0: Uh, Perfect Paul Rudd swoon.
2: Thank you so much to our guest, Kirsten Turnbull. You brought it this week, Kirsten. Uh, Once again, with your nomination of Paul Rudd in the hosting category, I think you've left people with plenty to think about as they prepare their pencils and pens or whatever, uh, whatever other writing apparatus they will use. It's going to be a computer because that's how you have to do it. To... Log your votes when the time comes, January 10th. So there's that. I'm really uh, happy with today's episode. A nice deep dive into the career of a fan favorite and clearly a show favorite, Paul Rudd. But there's one more thing that we need to do before we disappear for the week, and that is to cement the deal with a a sketch. And this week we have picked the One Direction sketch that Paul Rudd was, uh, I was going to say featured in, but really starred in and did such a great job. I'm not sure how much of it is improvised. I'm not sure how much, you know, the questions obviously were written, but you can never tell when you're dealing with uh, children how they're going to react. So there's a lot of moving parts here and uh, I think they do a really wonderful job with this sketch. So let's get right to it. This is Paul Rudd and his SNL Hall of Fame sketch, One Direction. Let's do it.
1: My favorite is Liam because he's really cute. I got so starstruck, I almost fainted.
5: Do I love One Direction? I don't know. Is Liam's favorite color purple? (laughs) It (laughs) is. Did you know that Liam is afraid of spoons? Isn't he the craziest? Yeah, it's like how does he eat soup? You're hilarious. I like it. On the count of three, what was the name of Louie's first dog?
1: Ted. He not
5: count. I'm gonna marry Zane. Um, you know what? I absolutely hate to tell you this, but you're not. Because I know what Zane's into, and it's definitely not you.
1: Do you want to marry him?
5: No. I have a wife and kids. Don't talk to me like that. I'm an adult. Weird. <laughs> Who's your favorite?
1: I like Niall, because he has blonde hair.
5: That's funny. Because Niall's a natural brunette. He dyes his hair. Oh, oh, oh! You don't know your basic facts. No, no. Hey, you know what song in there is I love? What? Eyes like fire. That's not a song. It should be. I wrote it for One Direction. I bet they wouldn't like it. I say Harry, you say Styles. Harry. Harry. I say Wonder, you say Erection. My wife just had a baby. Let's name him Zane. Wait, 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 is he playful? Let's name him Niall. Would you guys sign this? Is,
4: there, is this for your daughter? Yes. Oh, you're
5: a great dad. What's her name? Her name is Dan Charles. It's <laughs> a really pretty name. Is there somewhere to to sign? Oh, uh, yeah, here. Yeah. Sign. sign it all over my back.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is a fantastic bit of work there a nice piece of business as they might say in the business so what do you think paul rudd hall of famer or not i think he is ultimately i think he lands in the hall of fame ultimately i would like to see him put together maybe one or two more episodes with this current group before I would seal the deal. Uh, so to me, he's not a first ballot hall of famer, but he certainly is a hall of famer. When that happens, time will tell. We'll have to wait and see. And that will come to you live on February the 6th. February the 6th will be the results episode. After we do our roundtable episodes where we have panelists revealing their votes to all of you to help you do your homework. But of course, none of this matters if you haven't registered to vote yet. So please visit SNLHOF.com, click the voting tab and click register to vote. From there, you'll wait a little bit and on January the 10th, you'll get an email email from SNL HOF and it will contain the ballot or the link to the ballot that's all there is to it and that's what I got for you this week so on your way past the weekend update exhibit do me a favor and turn out the lights because the SNL Hall of Fame is now closed
1: thanks for listening to the SNL Hall of Fame podcast Make sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media at SNLHOF. This is Doug DeNant saying, this is Doug DeNant saying, see you next week.
2: Podcasts and such.